Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Crime Country. As always, I am your host, Nick Barksdale, and today I wanted to touch on a very interesting documentary that shocked and fascinated the world internationally, and that is The Night Stalker, a documentary about none other than Richard Ramirez. Firstly, I just want to say that I think, one, it was an excellent documentary. Two, I love what it's really trying to change, and that is almost a historiographical issue within true crime, where it actually focuses more on the victims and the victims' families and law enforcement than the actual killer. I think in many ways this is important, and especially if you can find a balance. That way we don't constantly misconceptualize and, in a way, romanticize serial murderers and their victims. But now, I want to touch on a couple of small things that I think the documentary should have at least included to better understand Richard Ramirez, but more importantly, his crimes, which ultimately led to so many innocent people losing their lives or being victimized and having to suffer for the rest of their lives dealing with his actions. What I want to do is briefly go back to a time where Richard Ramirez wasn't even a thought. And that is a brief. I want to go back to really a world before Richard Ramirez, before the Night Stalker was even a thought, and talk about one brief aspect before moving on to another related issue. And so I want to go into Richard Ramirez's childhood, which obviously is really the foundation for forming personalities often displayed by serial murders and a variety of other criminal elements within true crime. Though this could easily be unrelated, two things I found interesting, that according to the latest textbook of serial murders and their victims, is that before Richard Ramirez was born, both of his parents, while living in Mexico, were actually exposed to radiation. While pregnant with Richard Ramirez, his mother actually worked in a factory mixing toxic chemicals. Now this could all be completely unconnected. I found these two little things to be really interesting, and that is because we go into a world called nature versus nurture. And Dr. Hickey in Serial Murders and Their Victims points that out. He had brought up the fact that his parents had been exposed to radiation. He had brought up the fact that, while pregnant, Richard Ramirez's mother had actually worked in a factory mixing toxic chemicals. And he points out that this has led a variety of experts to really dive in into the, if you want to call it, biological aspects of serial murder. Did these chemicals and did the radiation play a role in formulating what is eventually going to become the mind of the Night Stalker? I'm not going to get into the nature versus nurture debate that is still extremely controversial, and I'm going to let the experts continue to argue and bicker about who's right on that one. Now, one thing I think is important because it tends to pop up in a variety of criminal minds from serial murders to mass murders and beyond, and that is post-traumatic concussion syndrome. And usually it involves a traumatic head injury. And this is one thing I thought was really important is that as a child, Richard Ramirez actually sustained multiple head injuries from a dresser falling on top of him to a swing accident at a park. Many experts believe that this head trauma is actually why, by the fifth grade, this has led experts to believe that this head trauma 
is what had caused him by the time he reached fifth grade to be an epileptic. Years later, he's actually going to become diagnosed with temporal lobe epilepsy, which very interestingly enough is associated with altered sexuality, excessive aggression, and one that I think is very important considering his views on Satanism is hyper-religiosity. When the documentary finally focuses briefly on Richard Ramirez as a person, one thing I was kind of agitated about was the fact that, one, it only told a tiny fraction of the story. And I think it was one that needed to be told a little bit better and a little bit longer. So we briefly hear one name, a cousin by the name of Miguel. And in this, you hear that he had actually shot his wife in front of Richard Ramirez as a child. Well, it's a little more complicated than that. Miguel was a Vietnam veteran. He had exposed Richard Ramirez to a variety of stories and photographs of him literally committing war crimes. I'm not going to go into too much explicit detail for the sake of YouTube viewers, but a lot of this revolved around sexual assault and mutilation. He would recount stories of his conquests, so to speak. And Richard Ramirez, as a young mind, takes all this in. This is important because these pictures, these stories are formulating how Richard Ramirez approaches and views a variety of aspects, including sex and pornography. And if these violent images are his first exposure to pornography as a child, it sets a dangerous precedent. Now, I want to be clear. I'm not demonizing pornography. I'm demonizing the type of pornography that he was actually exposed to. We get to a point where finally Miguel is going to shoot his wife in front of Richard Ramirez, and Richard Ramirez is going to be taken due to the psychological trauma he experienced and sent to his sister. And this is where it gets really interesting. He comes into contact, obviously, with her husband. And his brother-in-law is a peeping Tom who will take Richard Ramirez along with him on these trips to spy on women. But another important aspect to his brother-in-law is the fact that he's also a Satanist. Now, I want to be clear. Satanism has a variety of misconceptions surrounding it. But, naturally, like all religions, it only takes a few people to give a religion a bad name. And so, to be clear, I want to make sure that you know I'm not demonizing Satanism or Satanists. I'm merely talking about the negative actions of a singular individual. When you combine the head injuries as a child, the extreme abuse he went through underneath his father, the negative influences from his cousin and his brother-in-law, you begin to see the formulation of the personality that's going to come to terrorize so many lives in the future. When you combine everything that I've mentioned, including what his parents were doing and exposed to before he was even born, you begin to see a few questions pop up, and that is about Richard Ramirez himself, and that is what eventually led him to kill, to rape, to mutilate. Was it his childhood exposure to violence? The issues and problems surrounding his personality. Was he programmed to kill? Is it all three? 
These are questions that many criminologists have asked themselves over the years since really analyzing who Richard Ramirez was. And to be honest, it's still up to debate this day. But me personally, I don't think he was born to kill. I think in this situation, it is very much a matter of nurture. And it was the social context of his life that shaped the entity, the person, the mythicized entity of the Night Stalker. And the person that most of us know today as Richard Ramirez. This isn't going to go too in-depth. I wasn't planning on it for me. I just wanted to make this short kind of fun video talking about what I felt the Night Stalker documentary series had left out. And I feel like they really only touched the tip of the iceberg when it came to his childhood and, I, and really to him in general. And I felt that they had left out quite a few important aspects that if they were going to briefly mention him and his childhood and the people that he had in his life, they should have did a slightly better job on it. However, I do love the series. I think it was great. Um, I will say I'm kind of shocked that it received such criticism and backlash online, people demanding that they take it down or people having nightmares about what they watched. And that kind of led me to think that, one, people are really exaggerating this documentary series. And I really have to ask myself if the people complaining that much about it or having these nightmares about it, have you really ever watched the true crime documentary before? <laughs> just, uh, just my personal thought on that. But I want to end this with a funny and contradicting story. Richard Ramirez, towards the end of the documentary series, to prove that he's not scared of anything. That's how evil he is. He's talking about, oh, I was, as he's, you know, surrounded by all these people, you know, basically wanting his head. He's in a cop car at this point. There is one police officer trying to basically keep him separated from this mob that is like ready to lynch this guy at this point, you know, and Richard Ramirez, you know, he uh, in his interviews and recordings, he acts like, you know, oh, he was more dangerous than the crowd was. You know, he's trying to be that macho guy. I'm not scared of anything. But what I love is the actual words out of his mouth. And when the officer shows up to see what the commotion is all about, he finds this disheveled man and the guy literally yells, save me, please. Thank God you're here. Which is really kind of funny considering that, you know, he's a self-proclaimed Satanist. <laughs> and so I really think that's a great way to end this is like in the end, Richard Ramirez was scared and in a situation beyond his ability to control. And he went to law enforcement like a coward. And I think that's really important to dispel the myth of this fearless, bloodthirsty individual. And so, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for joining me here today at Crime Country. Like I said, this video was not meant to go in depth. It was not even really meant for the average true crime buff because realistically, all of you know this already. And so really, I had made this video geared towards people who really wanted to learn more, people who had watched the documentary series and were really intrigued by it. And, you know, people who may have wanted to hear a little bit more to the story than what was actually given. And so I had, you know, working at my job and stuff like that, me and my coworkers and friends had been talking about the Night Stalker documentary series. And I would kind of hit them with a few of these facts on the side and they were all shocked and really intrigued because the documentary had left that out. And they really just wanted to learn more. 
And so I really hope you enjoyed this video. Um, if you want to continue to follow the channel, you like what I'm wanting to do here, definitely click on the subscribe button below, like the video, share it, and please, by all means, follow me on YouTube. Check out the links in the video description below. It'll take you to my true crime Instagram, Twitter, the podcast that I'm actually creating that's specifically for the channel, and so much more. And seriously, I'm happy to have you with us here today at Crime Country to where me and all of my fellow true crime buffs online can all just have a good time and really explore the most fascinating and tragic world that is true crime. Thank you all so much and have a wonderful day.